The thing is not how you are on your best days, how can you step up on your worst day? When everything is going terrible, when you're tired, when you're frustrated, when you're edgy, how do you treat other people? Fuck pain, fuck heartbreak. I'm still in love with life. Multicultural headquarters of the future capital of the free-thinking states of America known as Los Angeles, this is the Drunken Dows Podcast. On this episode, the first visit to Dreamtime in years is a shocking surprise. The unsatisfying truth that amazing success is often 90% luck. Taking a moment to appreciate things you are grateful for? Why are we handing off creative tasks to the AI? It's the last thing we want to give away. Self-defense, the three-staple man, and the comforting news that sometimes shit just works out. Here we go. And now, asking you all to spread the words that corporations are not persons, I'm Rich Evers. And my partner in crime, the savage philosopher and middle finger of the gods, Daniele Bolelli. As we invite you to lower the lights, batten down the hatches, and prepare to open your mind. For the Drunken Dows Podcast, begins now. Welcome back, everybody. Another fine episode of the Drunken Dows Podcast. A cloudy, possibly rainy day here in Ojai, but lovely. It looks like we may be getting a storm coming, so let's get on recording before we get wet rain down there <laughs> yes uh giving a thank you to sure design t-shirts for having been in our corner from the very beginning these guys are fantastic i love them uh quick thank you to palomaverdecbd.com that's paloma verde v-e-r-d-e cbd.com use the promo code tau for a 20 percent discount on all sort of cbd products gummies some have even minimal amounts of thc so if that's something you're into you can check that out and um yeah so that's always good stuff thank you of course to the sweet people sending me wines including Om Cellars and MateraWines.com. And most importantly, thank you to the sweet folks parting with their hard-earned money to keeping us in business. Today, since we haven't released an episode in almost a month, today we have pretty much everybody who has donated in the last long time. The gang's all here. So let's go for this long rap. Ready? Let's ready. go. Let the pottering begin. Stephen McKee, Daniel Fischel, Frederick Hahn, Jonathan Waterloo, Richard Kern, Stephen, Stephen Notariani, William Willock, Ryan Marklin, Ke- um, Keegan Walsh, Lisa Robles, Nick Zunik, Aistis Juska, John Vergara, Nicola Tony, Joseph Lord, Maplewood Records, Paul Donato Jr., Jim D'Amico, Samuele Rudelli, Eden Carrio, Stephen Rados, Thomas Robinson, Clayton Payne, Aaron Weisner, Chip Witten, Lane Raper, Luis Pesquera, Yanni Linima, Jesse Rantakangas, Thomas Hoffman. Wow. wow. I've never felt so popular in my I life. I know. That's a winner. <laughs> oh, and by the way, one of these folks, Richard Korn was specifically for the Mr. Archiever's daughter wedding day. We'll go deep into that on the next episode. Most definitely. Thanks so much, everybody. Yeah, and also, you can add Mr. Ed Feldman there as well, our, our pottery expert and all-around fine fellow, 
also helped out for the big wedding event. So Beautiful. Definitely appreciate it, everybody. If you want to join this brave band of heroes, you can PayPal at paypal.me forward slash dbolelli or otherwise using my email, which is bodhi1974 at yahoo.com. Again, that's bodhi1974 at yahoo.com. Sweet. Um, Amazon, of course. If you can use our Amazon link that's on the website, that's always deeply appreciated when you're making your Amazon purchases. Other than that, I would say let's get the ball rolling. Excellent. Can I tell you the story of the, the three-staple man? Please, my good man. I would be delighted to hear about in, the three-staple In, in time man. gone by, we used to tell stories about, in any sort of relationship, it has to be at least a sort of 60-40 to keep things okay. Agreed. This is a gentleman, somebody I know works with this person. We'll just leave it there for nebulosity. Yes. But this gentleman, I've seen in practice does the least possible amount to keep from getting fired. Right. Essentially worthless, other than the fact they need a warm body in sort of a position, and that standing around is almost enough to actually be functionally helpful in a tiny way. To take care of the actual, almost take care of the job. Almost. What do you make of that? I mean, because there are two ways of looking at it. There's the people don't get paid enough and they are alienated as hell because that's the kind of stuff you hear all the time, right? These people don't work these days, but then you look at like, yeah, you also pay them the same with no raises for the last 40 years and you haven't. Well, this is a new hire and you think early on you would want to try to at least do your best to sort of act like. Right. Yesterday, there was instruction going on on how to do night-ending paperwork. Uh Uh-huh. Went to use the stapler. Yeah. Staples are out. Got the box out and literally peeled off three staples to put it in. Not Yeah. So actually creating more work for yourself. Yeah, that's actually, actually get dumb. there and break it off. And, but clearly, he knew he needed three staples and he was big by God would not in any way assist the Anybody next two else days of work. Will use the stapler. Yeah. Well, okay, that's different. I was going more for the poor oppressed guy who is working for peanuts and is trying understandably to do the least possible amount because it's a crappy job. This is a whole next level. That's this, why I was so shocked by this it. This is petty and stupid because it's not even like, okay, you put in the minimum because you got paid the minimum. It's more like I'm just going to go out of my way to be obnoxiously annoying. That's a different game. Yeah. And who knows what has led to this story, but stunning. Yeah, that's impressive. Because you do hear a lot, you know, the thing that, um, like, no, this is just flat. There's no redeeming quality to this one, right? This guy is just, there's some issues there. And it just, you know, the the other actions in the way, least possible, getting caught just standing around. All those things were already right, known. Right, right, But this is really like, this is a concentrated effort. Yeah, that's trying to hard be the to worst. be the worst. Yeah. 
maybe get to admire somebody who's going for the prize. I'm not going to be just a little bad. I'm not just going to be toward the bottom. I want to be the worst I employee ever. I want to be the worst ever. anybody's ever yes. dealt with. Yes. That's probably we should flip the scale. But hey, if you're going for one extreme, uh, you may achieve something. Hey, man. Ribbon's a ribbon. Yeah. Wow. That's impressive. It kind of just blew my mind. I spent the whole day thinking about it. I was like, wow. Because I don't, I don't know. Then I started reflecting. Lots of it swings and attempts and lots of mediocre successes, but not a ton of super success. Yeah. Don't have a house. All those sort of things start adding up. It's like, perhaps I'm just the same and I'm just not pushing it as hard. I mean, let's but think I have, about it. I have finished things in my day. Right. I've delivered two podcasts a month for 11 years. Yeah. And when you're passionate about something, you work hard at it. I'm all in. I, I love sometime, what I'm doing up there. Sometimes, even when you're not passionate about something, you have worked out at it out of professionalism. So it's uh, so. So maybe I'm not. Maybe down to the ten percent. No, and I think that's where it goes into yeah. Because that's one thing. Like to me, it's like being able to do the least possible to get the job done well. It's an art, right? It's like yeah. save energy while getting shit done well. Doing the least possible because you just don't want to work. Again, I understand it if you are horrendously exploited and you got nothing else going on, and so you might as well not give in energy to the people exploiting you. But these where you're actually using energy just to be a little extra shitty, that's just something else. I but just think moves like that would just catch up with you and you're going to get bit by your own cleverness. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other thing you bring up, though, is one that I've been thinking about a lot lately, which is regarding what makes something successful and something's not, what makes some people successful and something not. And I would love to resist the temptation to argue that 90% of the gig is luck. That's what I would say. But I'm having a hard time arguing against it because there are so many examples in everything I see and touch around me yeah. of things that work where there's no logic why they should and things that don't work and there's no logic why they should and even the things that work I'm puzzled because it's like okay I can see why these particular show or things uh, would work but there are 45 others that are absolutely identical that could work the same why like right right before you walked in I was talking with a friend who just left who said that a friend of his was actually a film editor and uh, way back in the day, they asked him to do this thing. And he was like, are you serious? I got stuck with the shittiest job ever. Because they asked him to edit the first, uh, I think was the, uh, what is it? It's not a reel. It's like when you do like the first episode. Uh, a pilot. Like okay, so a pilot, like a try to see how it goes, right? For this stupid show about this family. And he was like, this shit, nobody's going to want to watch this shit. It's atrocious. I can't believe it. It was the Kardashian, of course. Jesus. And uh, well, You've hit the nail on the head right there. Like how that's successful, the damage that shit has done. But also, I mean, beside the objective uh, opinion on it, right? Where yeah. you're just like, holy shit, there's something. Pro but even if you say purely from the point of view of dollar and cents and what brings home money, why does that show work? And about 30 others on people who are pretty much the same as they are, those don't. And you're like, there's not a difference in quality. There's not a difference in... Uh, and that's where I get... One that I got told recently that 
tripped me out mm-hmm. was uh, I was talking with these guys about the idea of doing a History on Fire TV series. And one of the feedback I got is lately the latest uh, fashion in the industry is we don't do anthologies, especially hosted anthologies. Uh, what they mean basically is the Anthony Bordwain kind of thing. Yep. And that every was like different. every episode is different, but you have a host that's consistent in all of them, right? And I was like, but the Bordwain model is like, yeah, that was back then. I'm like, Stanley Tucci just got fired. Uh, yeah, it's an exception. It's like, and then I'm like, uh, what about in animation? You know, Love That and Robots is like, ah, that's an exception to And we went down the list, and it was like 12 exceptions. And I'm like, maybe you are just talking out of your ass. Maybe of you don't know are. what is going to be successful and what's not. And you're just going with whatever the new buzzword in the industry is that that stuff doesn't work. But I've, watched, ad- I've watched one woman major player yeah in a big studio the first film she did was a just a piece of shit tank and has failed forward for 15 years yeah now she's ahead of a studio yeah yeah of course and it's like the the rubble that you left behind the people yeah, yeah. and the sycophants that are glued to her ass of course of course they're all pulled right up as well now they all have nice cars and have really accomplished nothing other than just inundating the world with garbage you know and even when i think somebody who has some level of success like you, you know the rapper hip-hop artist immortal technique no it's a good name uh great guy like his uh, lyrics are way more intense there's a lot of politics there's lots of depth to his stuff there's uh he made his money he did well he got famous enough he did uh, but i was looking at like one of his songs i look at it on this one uh, hip-hop channel on youtube it had 55 million views so i go like holy shit that's amazing i look at his channel he had something like 120,000 subscribers that don't get me wrong 120,000 subscribers on youtube is solid shit but after you have had 55 million views, you'd figure you'd translate in something more than that. And I'm just like, how does this work? Well, how there's, does... there's no fairness to it at all. Yeah. There's, a, there's a friend of mine, easily one of the finest guitar players I've mm-hmm. ever met. Just exquisite, works at it every day, goes on tour, and he actually like goes to high schools and helps kids learn about yeah. you know work using your money probably things like that and just sort yeah. of does this nationwide tour the records don't sell right and they're really well done yeah there's just no no there's no luck that's it there can't be anything else yeah it's and, and i guess you're selling your soul and back to where you started with with the whole working hard versus uh putting in the minimum now, there are certain things that are prerequisites, right? You know, if you don't work hard at something, the odds that it's going to go anywhere are 0.1%. You know, it's like he's wanting to win the lottery without buying the ticket, hoping that it flies in your face one day. And it's like, well, if you don't work hard at whatever it is you're hey trying man, to get out there. it happens on occasion. Exactly. It's like, sure, I'm sure it does, but you're really killing your chances. But the fact that you work hard is just... Okay, now you have uh, five lottery tickets. The fact that you're talented, okay, that's another five. Certainly. The fact that you know some people, that's 20. That's uh, So there are all these factors, but at the end of the day, you're still playing some crazy odds. 
and and I think one of the factors that we get, particularly in American society, is uh, the survivor bias, right? You know, you what do you hear usually are all the success story? The one I was, I tried for five years, but then I tried this other thing and suddenly click and the message being everybody can do just like me, just dig in harder and work at it. And the fact is, does it happen? Yes, it does. Sure. And unless you do all those things, there's no chance it's going to happen. But doing all those things, does it even remotely come close to guaranteeing you that you're going to hit that? Not in a million years. Not even a little bit. Especially, you know, especially living out here, we see it every day. Uh-huh. How many people show up at the bus station every day? Oh, yeah. But at the same time, they're the 1%. Totally. Because everybody else staying in Des Moines or where the hell you're from, oh, why bother? It'll never happen. And out of that 1%, some people 0.1%. will get it done. Yeah. will have success so to various levels. Some in an amazing fashion. Some will turn into Brad Pitt. Some will turn into a guy who makes an honest living acting even though nobody will remember them and you know there are but yeah the the numbers are tricky and i think it's also translates to social issues because us is particular in that uh, i forget who he was if he was uh ah shit i can't remember who said it there was a famous line about like the notion that americans uh they don't think of themselves as poor or even lower middle class they think of themselves as temporarily embarrassed millionaires which is like they are about to. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna be one of them too. I'm gonna make the millions. I'm gonna have all the success. When the reality is like, no, you're not. Ninety nine percent chances you won't. And if you do, I'm sure a lot of it is thanks to your hard work and a lot of it is luck. But in reality, a lot of it has to do with well, your uncle happens to be in the business. Of course, that's where the, the who you know. And no, honestly, who you know is worth more than the talent and worth more than the hard work. Yeah, get you in the right doors. But of course, you know, if you get through the right doors, but you don't have talent and you don't have the hard work, your odds just shrunk again a bit. It can still work because there are really untalented people who make it, (sighs) but the odds have shrunk, you know? But yeah, it's a a strange, strange game that we play Getting grumpy and old, I'm afraid. And now we cross the Ethereum plane for a visit into Bellelli's dream time. So on a different note, I guess, for the sake of not being grumpy. Yes. Uh, you brought up something that uh, I mentioned in the latest visit with Mr. Duncan Trust. So yes, let's celebrate that. Not that everybody hasn't already listened to that episode, because they sure ain't listening to ours. <laughs> You know, for the longest time, we were even doing the segment in Drunken Taoist of Dreamtime. Yeah. We did it for many, many, many years. I was shocked when I heard this yesterday. Yeah, everything has changed. I'm very happy. Because it has been subsiding. The episodes right. weren't as deep, but the dream's changing. Yep. Dreams I'm sorry, changed. I'm wrecking it off. That's no, no, but so it's true. exciting. Yeah, my dreams changed dramatically in the past year. You know, I've had, as you guys, if you have listened before, know, <laughs> for pretty much the entirety of my adult life, I've had insanely violent dreams. And, you know, nothing that made me feel bad because it was always terrible people trying to do terrible things to me or other sweet people. But still, the amount of gore and graphic violence involved was a little much. It was like pretty much uh, if you watch... Uh, 
the Punisher prison scene in the uh, actually it wasn't in the Punisher it's in Daredevil but it's the Punisher the character is so insanely vi- that's pretty much what my standard dreams were like wow. maybe three four times a month kind of thing and in the past year I don't know if I've had a single one of those uh, no major I'm dreaming about all sort of stuff nothing violent nothing bloody nothing murderous and I'm like huh that's a weird one because you know your whole life you go a certain route and all of a sudden it shifts it means something happened there yeah on a profound level because it's subconscious it's not even my conscious mind if I tell you that I know what it is I would blatantly lie because I have no idea what changed well we don't want you to guess and mess it up but no exactly and again you know it may be that two days from now it turns but it's it doesn't seem it's like a big that, change. Though. Yeah. And, Radically different. And I have been feeling this past year better, overall more relaxed. <laughs> We'd like to thank our friends at Moon Magic Mind. Yes. <laughs> no, sadly, this has been more recent. Oh. It hasn't been the past year. Otherwise, <laughs> we could give them credit. But yeah, it's weird, man. It's, um, I don't know what's happening because. Uh, you know, everybody's got a story. You know, when people have something major happen, it's always the, oh, you know, my life was this and that, and I went to Peru and did ayahuasca, and so God, and it changed my life. Or I started Wim Hof breathing, and it changed my life. And I have nothing but admiration for people who can turn their life around, however. But that storyline just does not jive with mine at all. I never had one thing that just, boom, everything changes as a result of that, you know, like a discipline, uh, something that many things I'm sure work a little bit. Sure. 1%, 2%, 5%. But, you know, nothing that really changed radically my my way of feeling, my way of looking at the world. And and yet, something did happen because when I look at where I'm at today and when I look at where I was a year and a half ago, never mind 10 years ago, but even a year and a half ago, it's different is substantially different and i'm like i have a talking heads moment how did i get here you know it's like i don't know how the hell what have i done yes (laughs) i'll take it gladly uh but i have no idea i think here is the part that's frustrating me if i knew what i did then i would have some hope that it's replicable and i could help somebody else saying hey try a b and c because that made a huge difference for me the fact that I don't know what it is, again, I'm thankful, but I would love to have uh, A, B, and C to pass to somebody else to help them out, and I don't. I don't think we get to do that. I think this is your personal construct and something that was needing to fade out and just finally, you know, yeah. and who knows what actually caused it either. We have good notions of what it could be. I mean, sure. Certainly real tragedies. Sure, sure, sure. But, but at the opposite before, end, I mean, yeah. the past year and a half hasn't exactly been the moment for, you know, the insanity of the pandemic. The luminary stuff could not have been an easy moment. Yeah. But sometimes it just works out. Yeah. Last year I've been, and I try to remind myself a lot of that because there are moments where, like last couple of days, I could feel a little bit of minor depression kicking in and trying to climb back in. And it doesn't feel good, right? You feel this something dragging you down from the moment you wake up. 
But then I would remind myself about, and you know, of course, the way the brain works is that when those moments hit, you start thinking about all the things that haven't worked out for you, all the things that have uh, failed, all the things that you wish had gone different, all that stuff, which then makes you 10 times more bummed out. So I've been trying really hard to focus on the wins, on, uh, hey, this part here, you already want it. Not just you may or you are in the run. This is stuff that you have done that work well. This is stuff that you have that you can be... Ta- so really kind of, it's almost obvious and trite, but like making it a gratitude practice and focusing on the good stuff you have really helped me shift, at least in those initial stages where bad feelings are just prop- popping their head up to push them back away, to make it feel like, yeah, yeah, that's all true, but hey, man, I have all this other stuff to be grateful for. And those things to be grateful for are quite awesome. Yeah. So um, it's an interesting ride. Because, say, you did get those successes you wanted, these things that you enjoy, those probably wouldn't exist. Sure. That sure, stuff sure, would sure. have been evaporated. Yep, yep, yep. If you have some sort of superstardom, it's going to shift your life so much that that might be nice. And but even, isn't it nice just to, how nice is it to have somebody just to curl up with at night? Absolutely. That by itself. Absolutely. No, 100%. And yeah, it can start from the things that nobody will ever hear about, that it's in your daily life. It can go from deep. They are all powerful things and it's important to, to focus on it because where your mind focus, all your feelings are going to go there. So if you keep focusing on all the stuff that frustrates you and hurts you, well, that's what, you know. Doesn't mean you should ignore it, you know, acknowledge it and dwell on it for the minimum amount of time necessary to get it out of your system so yeah. you're not repressing it. But It's always fun to feel a little sorry for yourself. Right, but don't get stuck there. No. I guess that's the bad part is where... I can't right now. Yeah. The stuff that's happening right now is just so ridiculous. Right. Who does I don't I don't I, I really have this feeling that I've been pointed to where I've ended up my whole life and had no idea that I was being nudged that way. In but which way? Working at the observatory. You're enjoying that a bunch and I I tell people like because I worked didn't work, I was a volunteer <laughs> doing those star parties. For yeah. six years I went up there. And probably about two or three years into it, I told Gretchen that this is my favorite day of the month mm. and didn't really think much beyond that. Yeah. But I wasn't in some fucking dark room with some sure. asshole that I didn't like that had bad opinions on everything I did. That's all gone now. That's huge. It's That's ridiculous. Huge. So yeah, you know, and I don't think anybody really would want to be Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos the money would be nice. Yeah, I would take that. But the, the headaches yeah. that would go with it. Mm-hmm. I do quite enjoy Bezos spending, I mean, his, his ex-wife spending his money in incredible ways. Oh, yeah. She's a genius. Yeah, she she seems interesting. She definitely seems interesting. Him, yeah. I don't know. That just seems to have that sort of pile of money. You really could do anything you wanted to. Speaking and of that would which, lead to terrible things. Speaking of which, spending a billion dollars on the rings of power. Sweet concept if they actually done a good job. I would have been, uh, suddenly I would have Jeff Bezos posters in the house where I would be like, thank you, Master Bezos, for producing a masterpiece. But God damn, that show was a 
Do you know where the first quarter billion dollars went? No. To um, Tolkien Estate? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they wouldn't even let them have the Similarian. Yeah, yeah. That's ridiculous. So here's some rubble and garbage that you can build on. No, man. I could not be more disappointed. Look gorgeous. Yeah. You know, the people they hired were top notch and everything looked great. Writing sucks. Sucks. Yep. And the reveals were lame. Yeah, yeah. Character. You know, that's the other thing I'm noticing. Even in shows like um, House of Dragon, um, which is much better done. It's written better. It has cooler. A lot of stuff is better. There's not a single character I give a crap about. They are all equally awful. And so it's just like, uh, you got to give me something, you know? It's like... Part of the whole point, like, I think there's a trend there where in the name of being realistic, they've gone so far into the realism that is not any different than look at your shitty people, you know, in your life. And you're like, I don't really need to be entertained by looking at people like that on the screen. I want to see people who inspire me or something, you know what I mean? Something that make me feel... Where there's an epic to it. Whereas, I couldn't agree more. Or at least positivity. Yeah, a bunch of shitty people arguing with one another over power and murdering each other. It's like, okay, on that note. Well, Sopranos was a long time ago, and that was sort of the introduction of the anti-hero. Right. And then we had Walter White, and everybody loved that because he's the bad guy and he was winning. But now, yeah, you're right. Both those, especially Game of Thrones, it's just... See who can be more terrible to each other. Yeah, because... But look at the popularity of Ted Lasso. That is like a relief valve for just it's just it's fucking positive and, and makes you appreciate yeah, yeah, the things yeah. you should. Totally. I think that's why it's such a hit right now. Yeah. Because it's the opposite of that. Because who wants to see the the semi rich real housewives bitch and whine about shit? Totally. Totally. Just I, I don't Rachel. know how any of that can be popular. A real housewife of Westeros in this case. Yeah, it's the, exactly what it is. The, yeah, pretty much. It's uh, how many miscarriages can you have in one yeah. series in one season? It's like wow. Yeah, it gets odd. My entertainment lately has been heavily focused. I started uh, on the video game department. I started playing uh, Ghost of Tsushima that I hadn't oh. touched since it came out. Uh, Savannah been playing it. I I was doing other stuff. Oh my god, that game is so fun. It's just so good. <laughs> it's a Mongol invasion of these islands in Japan. It was the only part where the Mongols actually managed to land and invade in Japan in the uh shit, I'm gonna say twelve hundred, so I may probably thirteen hundred, somewhere around there. How did they get there? And uh by boat. They cross they just over. swim across on their horses. Well, and this is the part the real the real history. What happens is that they do land there. They do conquer a tiny bit, but both times they try two different times in the span of a few years. Both time a giant typhoon wipe out their fleet, wow. and that's when they just decided Japan is just bad luck. Let's give up on it. But uh, yeah, the setting of this video game is the Mongols do land on this one island of Japan and they do invade and you are like most of the samurai get just wiped out in the first scene and you are like a random survivor of the battle and you become the ghost of Tsushima where you are more or less single-handedly fighting Mongol invasion but uh, it's the graphics are unreal the storyline is great you get to do all these really hilarious things where you like you find hot springs and you just 
strip naked hopping dots springs and start composing haikus <laughs> as you go you uh, the anytime the haiku the higher you score anytime randomly you can just pull out your flute and start playing to uh, meditatively look upon the horizon and stuff and then you just go in and fight mongols and uh, it's just i love that game it's have, so have good have you tried any of those in virtual helmets yet i don't do well with um like anything makes you sick to your stomach i, make, I get majorly sick yeah i got majorly majorly sick i like it while it lasts and then i take it out and i spend the rest of the day feeling horrendously nauseous and wanting to throw up supposedly they're improving that i'm look forward Some, to that yeah. but or not yeah climbing one day and never climb out yeah that could be too <laughs> you wake up with your big brown uh, big ball of pink matrix goo well you know i don't want to sound like duncan but that may be exactly what's happening right now yeah right we are in our own uh we are an alien somewhere in outer space sitting in a thing and we are experiencing earth and uh i've yeah. always kind of like that sort of notion what did he say the other day oh uh 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 uh, uh the ro- oh the ai Oh, yeah, yeah. I could not be more against mm-hmm. all of that. Yeah. The AI art, and just him mentioning it, just I stumbled onto AI music videos. It's lazy. It's not good. Right. It may randomly come up. I'm probably going to get attacked in my sleep tonight for upsetting yeah. the AI, but what are we doing? Right. Yeah. When When the machines are making the art... What's left for us to do other than eating shit? Pretty That's much our only function left. Complain, yeah. eating shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not making anything. We're not making anything right now. Yeah, nothing has changed since 1995. The clothes are the same. The cars are the same. Everything's the same. The art is weak. There's no sort of definition from this past 25 years. You could take your clothes from 2001. And you would look hardly any different. Other, if you didn't have the bull nose ring. In my case, my clothes from probably 1990 are yeah. literally, they are not like kind of the same. Yeah. They are literally the same t-shirt I Certainly. wore 30 years ago. So it's. There's just some sort of, we've stopped expressing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in that sense, yeah. The notion of removing the human element from, like remove it from, uh you know, poor guy who has to spend his day bent over picking strawberries for eight hours. Remove it from that part. Uh, remove it from the things that are horrendously harsh and brutal. Don't fucking remove it from creativity. That's the last place where you want. It's our only. It's the only bastion we have left. Yeah, it's like I'm just handing it over. That's where the human element is interesting. The human element is not that interesting when it comes to picking strawberries or something. You know, that's just a hard thing that some poor guy has to do to scrape a few dollars for his family. Nobody's getting fulfilled by saying, "Yes, I want to go and." spend a day eight hours a day with my bent at the waist picking strawberries or for that matter probably a good 70 to 80 percent of jobs the people who do them have no passion for them whatsoever so it's like that's the shit that you can replace and everybody would be happy with but creativity out of all the things you can go that's the path you want to choose to go down for ai and they have it doing everything writing songs Writing haikus, yeah. making videos, making like visual art. Yeah. And it's all twisted and weird. That seems like a, like a weird one. Yeah. Because I personally never understood any of the Basquiat art. It just looked like right. a 12-year-old with some crayons. But people dug it and 
you know, I'm fine with that. If people yeah. dig it, to but if some machine is kicking this shit out, and you know, oh, the genius of it. Yeah, that's <sighs> little troubling. I give you that. It's a bad sign. Yeah. But that's okay. The weather's going to be so terrible shortly. It doesn't even matter. <laughs> right. Wait till the oceans rise. Yeah, right now, speaking of which, we are enjoying a gloomy full afternoon with bluish grayish clouds and a semi-promise of rain yeah around midnight windy. that's good because you don't get in so much trouble for dancing naked in the rain when yeah. it's nighttime yeah that works that works because when it only happens six times a year you gotta you gotta enjoy it and this is ocean water coming in so yeah that should be interesting i was talking to folks the other night about Jupiter has two gigantic moons, almost the size of Mars, and they are literally nothing but frozen blocks of ice mm -hmm. that have been that way for two and a half billion years. Why would the aliens ever come to Earth to get our sewage, plastic, irradiated, yeah. salty, nasty-ass fish shit water when you've got shit that's essentially H2O and nothing else? Waiting for you out there. And when you describe it like that, uh, frozen since two billion years, mm -hmm. I thought you were describing Dick Cheney's heart oh, or something. <laughs> that sounds about accurate. Or, um, I would do the uh, John Roberts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. Yes yesterday, was the, yesterday was the anniversary of Citizens United. That's 11 years now. Can you believe that uh, Dick Cheney used to be like one of the shittiest human beings you could think of when it came to politics? Yeah. Now comes across as a semi-reasonable guy. He doesn't even register anymore. <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah, he's bad, but not nearly he as bad. as in the like, face, but you yeah. know, who doesn't? Yeah, it's, it's uh, yeah interesting to say the least. No, that's kind of what's really going to be interesting. You know, with, with with the wedding in ten days, mm -hmm. election days in seven days, it may not be a problem right. come Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just no, have it's... to cancel it. Go stand in the monsoon and uh, eat those pizzas, and that's it. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, one quick thing I want to throw out there: we have a partnership with MagicMind.co. These guys make a product that I've personally tried, work like a charm. I'm inviting you to give it a thought if this is something that could help you. The problem that Magic Mind tackles is really simple to explain. The feeling when there are 24 hours in a day, there are several more to go before it's time to call it a day, and you feel foggy and tired and sluggish, and that's when normally you start down in about two gallons pot of coffee. That's one way to go about it. There are, I think, better ways, and these may be at least worth an experiment for you to see if this is, uh, is as good as advertised, so you don't have to take my word for it. I've tried it for quite a few days in a row before recording this, and you I mean, I felt it on day one. They say wait until day three, day four, until that's when the effects really start kicking in. I felt it on day one, like within minutes of taking it, you definitely get this moment of alertness where seeing seem clearer, sharper, words come faster, that kind of feeling. I had, uh, out of curiosity, because I was like, okay, that's working for me, but who knows? I had my mom try because she was recently complaining of saying, hey man, I don't like this. I'm getting older and I'm noticing in, uh, I'm forgetting things, uh, I'm losing words here and there, and she was a fan. She's actually the 
the main reason why we have this established partnership with Magic Mind right now is because she's like, give me my next nose. Where is it? <laughs> so clearly worked. So that's the good news. So what is in this magical, mystical compound? We got a lot of stuff, and I'm uh, not going to read you the whole thing, but anything from matcha to ashwagandha, or however you pronounce it, or lion's mane mushrooms, cordyceps mushrooms, is this natural mental boosting ingredients that should do the trick for you. My suggestion is... If this fits your needs, try it out. You get to try, we have a discount code that's actually pretty substantial. In the first 10 days from when we release this episode, you get a 40% discount if you apply to a subscription. You can also just try it as a one-time thing for a 20% discount. And also after 10 days from the first release, it's going to be 20% discount on subscription. So you get anywhere, depending on where you listen to it and the format, between 20 and 40% discounts. The website is uh, www.magicmind.co. So not com, just co forward slash Taoist with the T. Magicmind.co forward slash Taoist will automatically get your discount going and uh, check it out and if you guys do i would love to hear what you think see a connection with the topic that came to my mind self-defense um you know it's interesting i was talking that the friend who was here right before he arrived was telling me this crazy story which uh, walking around in la minding his business and then suddenly he feels just this giant fist hitting the back of his head and he's you know the classic crazy homeless dude who is just angry because who knows but uh you know he's got issues his Definitely perception angry, of reality is somewhere out there and he's in a I'm, yeah. I'm tired of them telling me i'm fridging you and yeah Pretty you don't much. want them coming your way right. no and it was funny because the what he described happened as his reaction is exactly like with savannah she's supposed to teach a self-defense course at pepperdine at some Ooh, point nice place to teach some of it's good i've never been out there it's the greatest college campus in the world it's, it's right on by the, the ocean. edge of the pacific ocean doesn't hurt and the buildings are up on the cliff beautiful it's bobble so, thumbery so yeah so she's gonna do a course there not like a full course but like a seminar i guess a one-day thing and yeah and so we're talking about, because she's like more combat sports, so she's trying to figure out a few things more on the self-defense department. And one thing I said to her before this friend came over, which was hilarious because it was exactly what we are talking about, was this. It's like one thing that happens a lot is that people think self-defense in terms of just techniques and moves and things you do. But the psychological aspect is one that most people don't deal with in the fact that if you are just happily going through your day and all of a sudden somebody unleashes violence, dumping it in your lap, your brain kind of short circuits, you freeze, which is exactly what happened to this dude. He had no idea how to respond. And luckily he had a friend who kind of stepped in, diffused the situation and that was it. And this is a guy who was even trained in martial arts and then, but his brain just went <laughs> blank. You know, what? it's what just, yeah, exactly. I'm sure. 
And I think in that sense, in fact, it's interesting. It's almost like, to me, a part of self-defense without becoming like some complete batshit crazy prepper. But at the same time, a little bit of self-defense as involves priming your brain a little of running in your head into possible scenarios and uh, uh, and really going to just basics, ABC of what you do if scenario A happens. Because otherwise, when it does, your brain just does not put two and two together fast enough. It just it catch you by surprise. It's a shock to your system and it paralyzes you. So you get that adrenaline dump, everything yep. pumps up, and your fight or flight won't pick one. Yep, yeah. I mean, I remember, I don't know if this is a urban legend or if it's real, but I remember somebody telling me of a cop who somebody put pulled a gun on him and he had trained the gun disarmed so he take the gun away from the guy and then hands it back because that's <gasps> how he trained so many t- oh my god I'm sure that happened you know I'm and, sure that happened and so that's a case where you know training that worked to a point and that it didn't on another level but where your brain really shuts down in those moments so I think that's a, if we talk self-defense that's one important thing beside techniques and things is like have your brain go over a scenario enough times that when it does happen is not is not a shock because it's still a shock but it's less of a shock which is the reason why usually for example when you look at fighters who are some of the best uh, fighters around there are people who usually did not have a very good childhood because, you know, if you are used to getting the shit beat out of you as a kid, whether by your parents or by bullies or something, if it didn't completely crumble you, then it means you're also used to it and it doesn't really phase you as much as somebody else. That makes so, sense. So that, without having to give your kids a shitty childhood or to yourself put together through crazy things, but priming your brain for certain scenarios of what do you do in that case doesn't guarantee that you'll be able to pull it off, but it's certainly a start pushing you in that direction, you know? What does that do to you, though? Well, and that's the point. It's like you want to do it... Gently. Gently, a little bit here and there as a game, not as... Because otherwise, if you become the obsessive prepper who has 72 guns uh, down in his ankles to go grocery shopping at Walmart, I think you've got some issues that are bigger than the one homeless guy who's gonna punch you in life once you know is um and he only got cracked that one time and his friend broke it up and they yeah. sent him on his way yeah and that was it so, but but the interesting part was uh exactly what we're talking about which is people freeze understandably so everybody sure. does unless you are not only trained but mentally train yourself a little bit you know to be somewhat ready for that scenario Otherwise, it's the most normal thing in the world to be overwhelmed and short circuit. So that's a one. Another one that we are thinking of in terms of self-defense, at to the, especially because she's gonna do it for a crowd of college students. A big one was uh, drinking. Mm. The idea being, we all enjoy getting buzzed in certain scenarios, but. Um, don't fucking drink at parties. That's like the worst possible place to... Basically, don't drink around people that you don't trust with your life. For sure. Because you are essentially putting yourself in an extremely vulnerable situation where you better be 100% sure that the people around you have your back. Otherwise, don't do it in that context. Save it for a different context that is safe. Because like the enormous high percentage of bad shit happens to people when they are 
high drunk out of it they are not in their regular mind cannot recognize threats when they prop up cannot do anything about a threat when it prop ups especially hey let me make you another one sweetie exactly and then you don't even know what happened when you woke yep. up the next day precisely so i'm huge on that idea of just do not alter your consciousness if you have like half a you know minor things where maybe you have major social anxiety or something and it helps you relax a tiny bit tiny being the keyword there you know being extremely careful about that stuff because it can spiral out of control real quick is europe have the same level of alcohol addiction that the Americans do have? Because um, we are so pathetic that apparently you can't watch a football game, yeah. go to a party, be at a barbecue. You can't do anything without getting fucked up. Yeah, it's worse for sure. It's not to say that people, like in Europe, there are a bunch of people heavily alcoholic, but generally speaking, I've noticed it less. I've noticed it less. And also, I think also in terms of society, a lot of people who drink don't necessarily are violent drunks the way I've seen in a lot of places in the U.S. No. So there's a combination of cultural factors, both about drinking, but about other things as well. But yeah, generally speaking, drinking not for... Which is counterintuitive, because why do a lot of people drink in social situations? Because they are nervous. But the drinking part is what's going to make everything potentially get much worse much faster so when it comes to self-defense it's one of the first things that to me is important to bring up is awareness of your environment and you do not do certain things in certain environments because the the danger is too high but there's something you'll never change with most people they just love to get drunk and then you deal with the consequences. You know, it's just, of course, you know, you cannot tell people, people are free to do whatever the hell they want, of right? Course. It's just a thing of, if that is a something that is a concern, keep that in mind. And I think it's just that this is something we are clearly selling to people. Yeah, yeah. No way you could possibly go have a good time unless yeah. you had. And I understand, you know, a lot of, we live in a society where so many people are lonely and there's uh, awkwardness in terms of social relations. So getting buzzed is the only way that large numbers of people can interact with other humans without feeling horrendously self-conscious or weird or something. So they drink because they feel they they can't without. Some know? of us are just so pleasant that it's not required. Right? Just exactly. It's endlessly just making how it new is. friends yeah, everywhere yeah, I go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's another one. Another thing that interests me too are things that um, people usually don't bring up when it comes to, like for example, posture. Like the majority of things, the majority of fights that happen in a street scenario that are not in the house or something, is, they usually end really quickly. You know, you don't see five minute rounds. You know, no, people are Yeah, it's over really fast. So. In light of that, one of, I mean, the majority of fights are not even fights. It's like a sucker punch of something where somebody got so taken out of their game immediately that anything that happens afterwards is already decided in the first few seconds. So to me, it's like in terms of posture, if you are even remotely thinking that is a dangerous situation, not being square with somebody, but turning sideways, so you're offering less of a target. Having a leg behind, so you can always lean back, and now you just your face is about a foot behind the spot where he was before. Mm. So now for them to punch you takes longer to get there. Your brain has an extra fraction of a second to see that coming. 
And they have to extend further, too. They have to extend further. Add another element. Find a way to get your hands up. Now, it looks you're calling for a fight if you bring your hands up like you're going to fight. But you can scratch your chin. You can just crack your knuckles right in front of your face. You can uh, flick your hair. But the hand is already up by your face. You know what I mean? So if something is... And that buys you a few seconds. You know, you can only do it for so long, but it buys you that that awkward initial stage where it's not clear what's about to happen. So now you're offering less of a target, you're further away, and your hands are basically up. So if somebody throws something, it's much easier to block it. Because there's shit that you don't block. You know, it's like if somebody's really close to you and your hands are down and they move first, you're not going to block that punch. And now you're rocked and you have to deal with everything that happens after that from a position of weakness. And you're going to have to go to the dentist. So to me, little things like that, that's before you even get to technique, but little stuff like that is super important for people who are thinking about these things because it's completely different from combat sports. It's an co- entirely different scenario. It's an entirely different, uh, the dynamics are have nothing to do with it. And of course, there's the elephant in the room, which is the... Most people think self-defense as, uh, yeah, the crazy homeless guy who punched in the back of the head, which does happen, don't get me wrong, but that's not the majority, especially when it comes to women. He's usually not somebody, he's not the stranger who jumps out of the bushes, he's uh, people you know. And so that's a whole different game because it has nothing to do with, uh, or rather you will have to do something with technique, but it's primarily boundary setting. Uh, self-defense in that sense begins with recognizing the mental manipulation because usually what happens is somebody you know, somebody you trust who start pushing your boundaries of comfort and you feel weird about it but you also don't want to be mean and just come across too hard and so you start giving in an inch and then they push it a little bit more. And then, and before you know it, you have been mentally manipulated in a position of weakness where suddenly all sort of bad shit can go down. And is that, in many cases, there's not even violence. There's not even a violent act. It's just you have been mentally screwed over by somebody who put you in places where you never wanted to be, doing stuff you never wanted to do, just with their mind. And uh, I mean, I heard like there's a lady, um, Kayla Harrison, who's like war champion in judo, Olympic gold medalist, a fairly big lady, super muscular, who was talking about being uh, sexually abused by her coach for many years. And this is somebody that when it comes to a woman able to handle herself, it doesn't get any better than somebody who's a physical specimen like that, reap with muscles everywhere not small size, uh, with skills. And the mind games just... Didn't matter. All the, the shields are down and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just wow. mental manipulation. What hope is there for any of us? No, but I think that's why it's important to, yeah. like in these things, is to learn these little things, you know, to work on these things, to work on whether simple things like posture or distance or hands up, or uh, things about just don't drink when you're around people that you don't trust. Or some of these are really simple, others a little less so. But I don't know, I'm, it's a topic that I find very interesting because so many people then pay a price for life or terrible things that happen to them. So I'm, 
I'm looking forward to your collection of TikTok videos. Right. <laughs> Just <laughs> this is gonna be a hit. TikTok is the only thing I I got it. Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, TikTok. I can't bring myself to it. Um, uh, I finally got an Instagram the other day. Yeah, you got one the other. Well, I have all these space photos to show. So. Yeah, why not? Right. So I went with Mr. Cosmic Wanderer because. Cosmic Wanderer had been taken a thousand different ways, but no one put Mister on in front of I it. I see. But after being called a geezer last week, wait, what? I, I may be the gazing geezer. <laughs> <laughs> Let me follow you as we speak, uh, Mister Cosmic Wanderer. Uh huh. Mister Cosmic Wanderer Retrievers. There he is. Follow. There we are. I think you're probably third. Yes, I am, as a matter of fact. You well, called it. It'll go crazy. If I have any success that I have with um, asking for f- folks to help out, oh, I'll yeah, stay yeah. at that number. Yeah, I mean, of course. It's like the numbers are uh, <laughs> astounding, right? Well, it's got to hide somewhere. You know, Twitter's going to collapse very shortly. So Yeah, it's, it's funny. I have, like, I think he's back from a Rogan episode, so I have a pretty big uh, twitter thing of like 60,000 people or some shit and uh, anytime I put something up there it's like my mom comments or something you know it's just not exactly uh, it's funny how this whole game works <laughs> I don't know the whole uh, social media game but oh one last thing I wanted to throw out there on the self-defense too yes. is um, I'm sorry no, no, not at all. Is I forgot and like was going around in circles. What the hell was that last thing I wanted to mention? Um, this is a don't quote me on this kind of thing because one, like one thing that a lot of people are afraid of when they decide to step in and be a little harder about drawing a line and if necessarily even defend themselves physically. They are afraid that by pissing off the other person it's going to get worse. They well, are going to get hurt worse. Oh. And, and, and bad things are going to happen to you regardless, right? So yeah. it's kind of like... And I get it. You know, there is a scenario where the guy was going to rape you instead decide to murder you too at that. That does happen. However, there's a million more cases of people who decide, shit, I was going for something easy and simple. This is way too hard. Screw it. So, again, don't quote me on it because it's not like it's a guarantee in every single scenario. But I've been amazed at stories that some ladies told me of uh, fighting against some guy without really knowing how to fight, but having at least ingrained, like one lady, for example, I mentioned it on an episode way, way, way back when. She wrote me once after we did, I don't know, she has in a class of mine, a martial art. She probably had like 15 classes, 20 classes, nothing that's going to help you become amazing at anything. And she was saying, yeah, I don't remember shit when it came to technique, but the sparring got me with the idea that I can do something. And so I just, you know, bite, scratch, and claw, and kick around, and the guy fled because he decided, fuck it, way too hard. Not what I signed up for. And I was like, okay, there's something to be said for that, that it doesn't have to be sometimes the, the most amazing technique or anything that unless you train a lot, you're not going to be able to pull off under pressure to still make it annoying enough and hard enough and difficult enough for somebody to decide to check out that they don't want to do this anymore that makes perfect sense unleash some crazy on them and it'll yep. make you think twice yep 
there's, I don't know, did I ever tell you this story? Somebody told me a story once of a, a guy in uh, his high school who was the scariest guy of all. And I was like, what's this guy like? He was like, 120 pound Asian guy. I'm like, Jesus, that's tiny. How is he super well trained? He's like, nope, never trained in his life. I'm like, I'm sorry, Just explain weird this. Weird like, silent? He or? said a couple of times when somebody pick a fight on him, the guy just jumped on the guy, hugged him, beat a piece of his face off, remove a little bit of skin from where, and he did it twice. Nobody ever wanted to fight him again because he was so fucking scary to this with this half cannibal <laughs> jumping on you, <laughs> trying to rip pieces <laughs> off your face with his teeth that everybody was like, whoa. Nope, not fighting that dude. That's not gonna happen. That must so, have been a long time ago. That must have been the eighties or something. Yeah, yeah. You could never get away with anything like that. Yeah, now. no. But still, oh, I, I, love I don't recommend. I wouldn't recommend it for your bully at school. But at this, for a real situation, you know, sometimes this is not great technique. This is determination to do horrendous damage in the simplest possible way. No, it, it has its impact. It can work. <laughs> From changing dreams to uh, very nitpicky specific self-defense advice to everything in between i think we can call it a day and wish you good folks a nice day Well, the funky music means one thing. It's the end of another fine episode of the Drunken Taoist Podcast. I'll just let that episode stand for itself. A mighty fine effort. I agree. Let's do this, and let's just wish everyone a good day. Good day, everyone. One day the rod shall teach you. D-B-O-L-E-L-L-I. Good shit. R-I-C-H-I-M-O-N and the numeral one. And so ends another awesome episode of the Drunken Dows Podcast. Be sure to keep your ears peeled for another mind-expanding episode coming soon. We'll be tweeting you as they come out. You can keep track of Daniele at dbolelli. That's D-B-O-L-E-L-L-I. And you can find me on Twitter at Richimon1. R-I-C-H-I-M-O-N and the numeral one. We'll see you all soon. Woo! Let's go to rehearsal. We'll roll on this one. Oh, no.